Make sure accidents don't happen. You don't want to hit a gas pipe because that's your life. The other part of it is if you hit certain things, you're liable for it. Farm Safe 811 starts with you. Always call 811 and wait for any underground lines to be marked. Always keep safety in the back of your mind. Just stay humble. For more information, go to farmsafe811.org. Now live at 6 o'clock, KWVA Sports is broadcasting from the campus of the University of Oregon. That's the show. It's Quack Smack. I like talking talking sports. Quack Smack. What? Quack Smack. Every Monday through Thursday at 6 p.m., the KWVA staff dissects all things Oregon athletics. <laughs> I'm, I'm experiencing life right now. I'm not sure how much more can be said. Quack, quack. Now I'm on the show, and I don't know how long I'm going to be here. It's time for your nightly dose of <laughs> Quack Smack. Now let's head into the KWVA Sports Studios for the show. Thursday night, director and a half edition. Uh, I, I think that's what we can we can call you, right? Like half a director, yeah, half a director. I mean, I'm what? It's week four coming up, so six weeks out. Yeah, You're yeah. Like, it's he's it's like, like th- week three and a half. Yeah, what three and a half. It, what is it called? Like the he's like the heir. He's the heir to the director. Heir yes, to the director. The heir to the right. That's a good we one. We know he's yeah. gonna be the director next term. It's like he's like the prince. Levi Berthgold is my yeah. what, what do you call it? My superior. He's your dad. The, yeah, he's my dad at the moment. Which Basically. I mean, for his age, he could Stage be my dad. dad. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> um, welcome, welcome into your director and a half show, Austin Oda, Saul Galvan, the the one non anything director, John Evans. I'm just hanging. Just out. John. But he's a, he's a great guy though. So I mean, solid human Thank being. You. Thank you. Quality quality person um it is week three which is crazy because it because last week was week two and it didn't happen and so it it really doesn't like i was on campus for 50 minutes all week what do you something such what do you think about this i think if we had missed like week five it wouldn't feel like as big of a deal but missing week two feels like we hadn't really even started the term like does that make sense yeah yeah i mean because we had a month-long break then we had a week of school which we didn't really do anything it was syllabus week and then we took that second week off so now it just feels like a whole new term yeah but it doesn't uh, we're in week three (laughs) unfortunately we we are in week three which means that we have midterms um but i got a business midterm a business 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 okay I like uh, I like the the emphasis on each syllable there. Yeah. Business. Uh <laughs> <laughs> What's uh what's new? John, how's uh how's your week going? That was good. I don't know. This week has gone by like really fast. Like it feels like every I I've been I've been so busy with like various things and I I'm busy all the time. But like I, I it's gone by very fast and all of a sudden it's Friday and I still have like four homework assignments to do. So I and feel you're, that. You're doing something very important Sunday at 3:30, correct? Well, yeah, we, you know, I got to interview a basketball game for the for the OTR boys. OTR boys plus John. So. He's on uh, my acapella group's intramural basketball. Are you team. both on it, or is no? He... Uh, just me. Okay, just me. I was yeah. like, wait, Austin, you're not you're not suiting up. No, for... they they didn't want me on. Um, I uh. consider myself like a like a short Jokic. Will you, will you broadcast the game? Is I'll, that the I'll real consider. Question? We'll we'll see. We'll we can see get you a Comrex out there, and we can. I, I will come in and produce that game if you want to broadcast. I think, I think that's a good plan. I think we should preempt the. Well, details. we all got yeah. we all got something important tomorrow night, so. Yes, we do. Yes. It took me a minute. It took me a minute, <laughs> but we have muy importante. Are you playing in it? I, I I'm not playing. Not I'm broadcasting right. for four hours. Saul, are you, are you I'm I'm actually I'm one of the broadcasters too. I'll I'll be sideline reporting yes. and getting That's your initial right. reactions after halftime. 
So. Um, how are you feeling about the the what's it called thing? The Madden Bowl. Yeah, thanks. I'm pretty excited. I like I like my pick. Uh, I took the Texans with a, I what, a seven or eight. It was a questionable pick, but you know what? As I sat with them more, I was like, okay, it's not a bad pick. I just feel like they're just I like fun it. to play with. Yeah, like, like, CJ's good. Yeah, CJ's good enough. Collins and Tank Dell are pretty yeah. fast at receiver, and they got like, they got Blake Cashman's my uh, like Madden goat at linebacker. Really? Even though he's only like a. Is there a reason? Whatever. He's just got 89 speed at middle linebacker, so I, I I'm, mm. I'm so good with user ring. I draft him in all my like fantasy drafts. And then he becomes like a ninety-two yeah, overall by year two, use. right? Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. So, well, how how's your uh, week three and two and a half going? It's been good. I mean, I've pretty much been here every single night this week. Which yeah, that's crazy. I was looking at it today, and uh, you know, Levi and I were complaining the other night about being here too much, and then I looked, and you were like, "Oh, like you've been here every night." But so. hey, I'm you know, and tomorrow, and then Saturday, I'll come in to get the equipment for studio, so it'll be close to a seven day week for me. But hey, I'm not complaining. I love it. I love the studio. I would complain. Um, well, I yeah, have complained because you've you've been here for I've too long. I, I'm still fresh. I'm still right. a newbie. So yeah, uh, we'll see how we we'll see how I am in two years. Right. <laughs> um, shall we? Shall we get into the yeah, smacking? Get into this kind of stuff. The smacking of the quacking. Yeah, we, the, we could smack some quack. It's uh, it's a big night tonight for Oregon. Arguably not as big as Sunday. Um, but they Oregon. We're we're gonna do. We're gonna start with a little men's basketball roundtable. We're gonna go and have uh. One of my favorite people in the world, Jared Mack, on the show. <laughs> yes. And then we're going to talk some – we're going to play a game. That's what we're going to do. Um, Nate Biddle started tonight. That's a good start. I think we can start there. Uh, one yeah, shot, hit points. a three. Yep. So, good start for one Nate minute. Biddle. They pulled him after one minute, though. He's already on the bench. Probably not a good sign. So, yeah. I'm going to actually check the, the bird app. But, generally, expectations for the weekend for Oregon men's basketball against a, an okay Arizona State team – Versus a, uh, a a tough, very tough Arizona team. Yeah, I mean, when you know, with Arizona State, uh, I think it's like you said, definitely the more manageable game for Oregon of the two. Arizona is going to be a lot tougher. I think this is going to be a good warm up game for them, though. If they can play well in this game, I think they can have a lot of confidence against Arizona. Obviously, they didn't have the ideal weekend in the Mountain Schools. The Colorado loss was tough. The Utah loss was even tougher. They only lost by three points and. The key for this weekend, honestly, is just going to be defense. That's all Dana Altman was saying in his media availability yesterday and the day before. You know, Ducks are 1-5 when they give up more than 80 points, and that's really going to be the key against Arizona. Same thing with Arizona State, but with Arizona is to not let them score, especially inside. You know, we'll see how Biddle ends up going on on, uh, on Saturday, but if Dante can put him some good minutes, if Diawara can put in some good minutes against Umar Balo, I think that they can manage well against the Wildcats. Yeah, Dante against Utah it was twenty three ten and six. He, it was it was the first game. It felt like Dante was really back to being himself and being at the level that we know he can be at, like an All Pac twelve, even All American type player. He's gonna be a big matchup against Umar Balo in the Arizona game. So I think it was really just a just a overall positive to see him be able to just kind of be back to being himself. I was looking at the Arizona, Arizona State's a hundred number a hundredth in uh, the Ken Palm like rankings right now. So not a great look for them. I think You're a Ken Palm over RPI guy. Uh, yeah. yeah. I would have tabbed you as an RPI guy. Interesting. Continue. I trust Kempom. Uh, so, like, they're not the – Oregon's sitting around, like, the 50 range, and then Arizona's up in the top – they're number three in the country on that. They, I mean, they are a very good team for obvious reasons. But they're – and both teams are – and then I was went going through earlier today and looking at the common opponents, and Arizona State and Oregon are both 4-2 and two against all the teams they've played. So, it should be a pretty even matchup, but that also doesn't account for the fact that Oregon's been missing Dante for most of those games. 
yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for Sunday's game. I'm uh pretty pretty high on record for saying how much I dislike um Arizona. I I just don't think uh I I don't think they're as like good as in people. general or like this year's team. Yeah, for the last couple of years, like I. I'm I not gonna a, say. Do you like, think that they're overranked a lot? I, I think pretty frequently. Like I'm not gonna say that I went and like predicted Princeton to win last year in the in the first round, but I wasn't surprised. Like first of all, because Princeton's good. Shout out Xavier Lee this year. He's a stud. Um, but like Arizona's just always felt a little. Uh, I, I think it helps that I've seen both Oregon, both pretty poor Oregon teams and pretty poor Stanford teams beat Arizona in the last couple of years, but they just look a little like discombobulated when they play. Like. When I watched them this year at Stanford, Umar Balo, super bad, like, um, like body language guy, which I think is 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 really big. You know, they're used to playing up, and when they were down, Balo was Balo was down, and he's kind of their their spark plug. Um, and you don't feel that with Oregon this year. Like, we we haven't really seen that. Even when they're down, in the rare cases they've been down, they they show a lot of fight. Um, either way, all that said, it's still Arizona. Uh, they're a really good team. I. I can't say I'm expecting Oregon to win this game, but I also I think Matt Knight is gonna is gonna kind of pack. pack yeah, last the student section all already, already sold, sold out. out yeah. Right? yeah, I me and my friends couldn't get tickets for it last year. It was obviously a really big game when they came in. I think they're what the top team in the country, and then Oregon upset them. Yeah, they were up there. The, yeah. um, had the big Dante dunk. I don't know. This year Arizona. Uh, I had them two years ago winning it all back when they had um, Benedict Matherin. I thought that team was a lot better last year. I didn't really trust them as much. Uh, I, the Caleb Love edition is, is <coughs> going to be so a big good. one, especially like yeah. once it gets into tournament time, just because he's a guy who's been there before. He went to the Final Four with uh, North Carolina. He's he's a big shot maker, big game player kind of deal. Um, I think Kylan Boswell has always been one of the most underrated guards in the conference. Thank he you. Get a, a lot of attention. <laughs> like He gets overshadowed by Love, but he's just really solid all around. He's a really good defender, can make a lot of plays. He's got some of like, his passing highlights are some of the best passing highlights I've seen of, from a college guard. So. I think they're a they're a deep they're a really deep team, um, but like some of the the top like I think Balo is definitely overrated. Like he doesn't really have much of a bag in the post. No bag. He's just zero he's just, bag. He's a very large human being, yeah. which is where he gets where he gets his like points from and stuff. He's large and he's he's bouncy because I I don't think he's absurdly tall. If I'm not mistaken, he's like a six nine six ten. He's mm-hmm. well, he's big. He's, right. He's he's he's, he's beefy. He's listed at seven foot two sixty. Really? Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't play seven foot. He plays strong like he. I, I don't but know. I think he was a lot better when he was the backup to Christian Coloco, like, right. rather than and everything having to be on him. Because he's not—he's not as mobile defensively as Coloco was, and Coloco is like a—he's a, been an impact, impactful defender in the NBA for yeah. the Raptors. So I think this team is is really missing Azolas Tabellis this year. Like I think that is a really. Uh, What's up with the Arizona like European pipeline? Why is that like a thing now? I don't know. Um, like, it's an attractive school. It is. I mean. There's obviously that. Yeah, you uh, get, they're, I mean, they're you get, good. You go um, yeah, and they're good. Them. That's also yeah. another factor. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they've between the two Bellis, they get, had uh, even Larry Markin back in the other day. Right. No, like, you're, they got Larson you're right. Pelle right or Pelle Larson right yeah. now. Like it's a. They just keep getting the Euro, like the the European guys who want to play in college. When uh when when the DeAndre Ayton years, they're they're they they played a two cent like two true center two seven footer lineup. Although DeAndre Aiden thinks he's a power forward, so right. But back then <laughs> he was like, no, I'm still a, I'm still a center. I, I'm going to be good in the NBA today. Um, as he as he takes like one free throw a game and for the Blazers, right. and shoots mid range jumpers on every uh-huh. pick and roll. So um, when he's not stuck in the ice, exactly. Um, but anyway, they they had him and, and, and it was be, Duzon wait, Richards. To be fair on that, awesome. everyone was ragged on him for that. But being in Oregon, yeah, for that no, 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 absolutely, I, totally I get it. it. I was like, I don't blame. Yeah, 
and uh, nationally, I saw people getting on him, but like they don't know how it is out here. No, no one's ready for the ice. But because it's DeAndre Ayton, it's, exactly. it's okay to make because everyone thinks he's soft. So because he, yeah. uh, well, he is. Um. Anyway, so that that's just a quick quick hit on men's basketball for this weekend. Uh, currently, they are down eleven to ten at the first media timeout. Knight Yuretsky says, "Saw your tweet about Biddle's exit." Joey McMurray said on the OSN call that he heard someone on the bench say, "Nate's okay," and that Nate then just went and sat down. So, okay, that's well, that's good. a good update for yeah. sure. Yeah. The yeah. other thing uh, that I wanted to mention was the fact that, like, in the losses to Colorado and Utah, Jackson Shelsa had really struggled. Like he's kind of yeah. been yeah. the been the key guy for Oregon this year in like kind of turn in terms of like turning things around. And so I went and I looked up his like his splits between wins and losses, and it's pretty interesting to look at. Cause Please, when mm-hmm. he's in the Oregon wins, he's he gets to the free throw line. He is he takes threes, but he hits them at an efficient clip. Yeah, it's like forty seven percent. Yeah, wins, but it's on fifty percent uh, three for in wins and thirty one percent in losses. But that comes on he's only shooting three a game in the wins and six a game in the losses. So it feels like a lot of the times in the games that Oregon's struggling, Shellset ends up chucking shots from deep. And he's a really good shooter from long range, but you still oh, we know. To be able to, <laughs> yeah, you still need him to be able to drive and and create looks for others that he's not really doing because he's he's also the turnovers are more than the assist and the losses too, yeah. which is yeah, it's a, a problem. But speaking of turnovers, Oregon women's basketball—that's the whole tweet. Um, oh, <laughs> two games in the last three that have over twenty assists. They set a Kelly Graves record with twenty-seven uh, in a win against Arizona, where. Like, they really just could not advance the ball past, not even half court, like, get it out of the backcourt. It was bad. Um, is Oregon able to, to fix its turnover issues this year? We've, we've talked about it a lot. Peyton Scott's injury sucks. She was the best point guard on the team. Uh, Kennedy Williams has been out for a while, so they're going with Chance Gray and a little bit of Grace Van Sluten at the one. And it's just, like, is there a way for Oregon with its roster right now to fix its turnover issues? So I'll start with you. I mean, I, I was saying yesterday, you know, it, it's, it's, this team is in a very tough position, not just because of Peyton Scott, but also we have to give a lot of credit to the Pac-12 conference. I mean, especially these last two weeks, it has been really rough. They went against number eight Stanford. Now they got a weekend coming up against two ranked opponents, then Oregon State, Colorado, and Utah again. That's five straight games against ranked opponents in the Pac-12. Like, it's not just the team. This is a tough conference to win in. If you were to put this team in, I don't even know, the ACC or just another conference, you know, I they would probably do decent. I I, I wouldn't lie. I think they have a, a pretty solid team, even without Peyton Scott, especially with Chance Gray. If she can get hot from beyond the arc, she, like, this is a dangerous team. But it's just the conference that they're in right now is so tough to win in. But, you know, I think that there's some improvement that can happen over these next couple games. They're going to be faced with a lot of challenges, and I think it's a a time to see how this team responds to adversity. Yeah, I mean, it's the best conference in the country this season. I got three teams ranked inside the top ten. UCLA sitting just outside. Utah's at 16. Oregon State got into the last rank. It's it's by far been the best conference in the country. I don't know if they're going to be able to fix the turnover problem. It's just got to really just come from internal development from Chance Gray and from Grace Van Sluten. Overall in the year between – uh, Philly, Grace, and and Chance, they have a negative assist-to-turnover ratio between the three of them. Yeah. They're the team's three best players. They have the ball in their hands all the time. <coughs> Grace, or not, uh, Chance Gray was not supposed to be a point guard. She's supposed to be a two-guard. Right. I've been saying this all year. It's not her fault that she got forced into being the point guard. So She's done enough. Like, yeah, she's it's, when it all falls on her shoulders, like in the Cal game, she had 11 turnovers, but she also had to have the ball all the time because Kennedy Williams has been hurt. Payne Scott's been out all year. You just don't have other ball handlers on the roster. So it's 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 an injury problem and a la- and a poor roster building problem. But 
it's not going to happen this year unless yeah. Chance Gray figures out how to become a great point guard. And the, the weird thing is, is it shouldn't have been a poor roster construction problem because I think if you go into the year with Chance Gray as your third or fourth best ball handler, like that's not a bad thing. But Peyton Scott gets hurt. Kennedy Williams still does a really good job dishing the ball and, and not turning the ball over. You know, it's just uh, is, is Chance Gray a one? No, but is she your third best ball handler? Sure. Yeah. Like. There's a big difference. Um, lastly, want to go through this kind of quickly because we're supposed to have Jared on uh, in, in four minutes. But men's basketball, women's basketball, three awards. Uh, let's start with rookie slash newcomer of the year. It can be a freshman. It can be a transfer for women's basketball. Uh, who wants to go first? I got solid yeah, I was going to say, John, if you want to go first. Okay, sure. Uh, I got Sophia Bell there. She's been the freshman who's played the like most impactful minutes. Priscilla Williams has been pretty good when she's played and stuff. Um, but Bell's been a menace on the defensive end. I'll, she's so good. I'll go ahead and say that I just have her for Depoy. She's, she's. Uh, I think she's leading the team in steals and is like second in blocks. Yeah, she's and really she's good. Like six feet tall. Yeah. She's, uh, she's a all over the floor. Um, <clears> so it's mostly about her defensive impact. But she's also a pretty good shooter and can space the floor and is playing big minutes as a freshman. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to agree with you with Sophia Bell. I think she's just been one of the, the bright spots of this team. And it's hard, too, because she's just a freshman. You wouldn't expect her to be playing in this role. But with all of the injuries that they've been dealing with and all, you know, the losses and everything, Kelly Graves has kind of had to put her in the position. And I think she's responded really well. Yeah, I'm going to – I would agree with both of you. And, and Sophia Bell is my DPOY as well. So I'm going to – uh, throw a little love on, on Priscilla Williams because I think especially recently she's been really good and she's been forced to handle like she's she's not a point guard either she's a wing um, but she's had to handle off the bench she did a really good job um, Oregon got out and transitioned a good amount against Stanford and she was kind of the, the point of attack the facilitator and, and I thought she had a really nice game and a lot um, of the times when I watch the team it feels like she's the only one who's actually willing to attack the basket yeah. besides Grace right so uh, defensive player of the year we both said Bell Saul women's basketball DPOY I would probably have to say Bell, too. I mean, I obviously, you know, the defense has not been there the entire year, but the one bright spot has definitely been Bell. Gray and Fansluton have been focused more on the scoring. I wouldn't say their defense is bad, but I think Bell definitely is like takes the, the award out of those three. Men's basketball rookie of the year. We'll do the MVPs together, but men's basketball rookie slash newcomer of the year. Uh, Jackson Shellstad. He's been the most impactful player on the team. He's kind of turned them around this season after that Michigan game, hitting the game winner. Um, he struggled a little bit recently, but he's a freshman, and I think he's just really solid. Yeah, I mean, Shellstad's been really good this year. I give him a lot of credit for helping this team when they, you know, when Dante and Biddle went down. But I actually got to give it to Kwame Evans. I think he was a guy who stepped into this lineup when Biddle and uh, Dante went down. He stepped in that position. He's just a freshman, too, similar to Shellstad. But he has been playing some really good minutes down low. You know, next year, if Biddle decides to come back because Dante's not going to return, I think with uh, Kwame as forward and then Biddle at the center, that can be a really dangerous duel in the pack and the, the Big Ten. I'm going to not disagree with you guys, but I feel like I should say something different. Uh, I'm going to go with Bam Tracy. He's been really, really good. He's been a really good really, really, really good. good player. Really good. Um, Kari Oquendo has been really good as well. Defensive player of the year for men's basketball. I want to start. I'm going Kwame Evans. I also have Kwame Evans. Kwame it's like Evans. a four-stock guy. Like, yeah. That's crazy. And, and especially having to play the five, which he's not a five. Right. He's a four. He's way too skinny to play the five. But being as impactful as he has been, uh, d or contesting shots and also playing the passing lanes really well, he's just a great defender. Yeah. I mean, he like I said, next year with him and Biddle, if Biddle decides to come back, is going to be like a dangerous duo down yeah. low. Like, I think the Ducks can be really good inside the paint next year. Women's basketball MVP. 
Saul, start us off. Probably Grace Van Sluyen. I think that she has just been the top dog on this team. She's obviously leading the team in points per game right now. She's not afraid to drive to the basket like uh, John was saying, and that, that's really what the Ducks need at this point. I think they need to stay aggressive against these teams, and Grace Van Sluyen's not afraid to do that. Yeah, it's definitely Grace Van Sluyen. She's the uh, generative force of this offense. It's her attacking the hoop that creates everything for everyone else. I am going to say Chance Gray, and I think I would have said that even if you guys hadn't if both said Grace. I think um, she's stepping into an uncomfortable role for her. She's producing at a really high rate. She's shooting 50% from three over her last uh, two weeks. She's really stepped up of late. I thought she played really well against both Stanford and Cal. Uh, and I think something about it is, is Van Sluten is always a little bit of a slow starter. She'll, she'll have a lot of one for four, one for five. Starts to her games. I feel like Chance is, is usually pretty pretty on point to start if Chance games. Chance drove to the hoop like four yeah. more times a game, she'd be one of the best players. Because she's good from the free throw line. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, yeah, if she's, she's small enough that exactly. Anyway. Oh, no, just kidding. No break. Men's basketball, MVP. Uh, I got Kuznard. Yeah, he's Kuznard been, as well. <laughs> especially without Dante all year, he's been the, the generative, or he's been the scoring force that, that Oregon has lacked, or lacked with. Uh, with Dante going out, but he's also he's four point eight assists per game. He's been yeah, really he's been good, good as a creator, and he's also been he's thirty four steals leads the team as well. So he's been he's been all over the place. Yeah, Kuznard is definitely the MVP at this time right now. I mean, obviously it, we said Chelstad. I think he got his honor with with newcomer, uh, but Kuznard like he's been the bright spot for this team with Dante and and Biddle being out. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Oregon men's basketball unfortunately is down ten right now, uh, with ten minutes left in the first half. They're shooting just 21% from the field. Survey says, not great. You know it is great, Jared Mack, and we'll have him on Quacksmack on the other side of this break here on 881. KWVA. Did you know that the coronavirus can damage the inner ear, leading to chronic dizziness and tinnitus, which is a constant ringing or buzzing noise? But there's hope. For help and more information, call 800-837-8428 or visit liferebalanced.org and discover a life rebalanced. That's 800-837-8428 or liferebalanced.org. Sponsored by the Vestibular Disorders Association. For over 50 years, Help Heal Veterans has utilized recycled materials to create, manufacture, and distribute art therapy kits that help vets deal with pain management, PTSD, anxiety, depression, and many other challenges. Our kits help veterans find sustainable wellness in their lives. We are proud to help those who served our country. Our mission is to help our veterans. To learn more, go to HealVets.org. That's HealVets.org. Sponsored by Help Heal Veterans. Psst, Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom, come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. 
The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Hey, this is Joey McMurray, broadcaster for the Oregon Sports Network and former KWVA sports director. But he's wearing Adidas pants. You can't do that. And you're listening to Quacksmack. Back on Quacksmack. To continue the rhyme, Jared Mac Mac. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Jared, <laughs> there he is. Uh, my my boss, my good friend, Jared. How are we doing today? Oh, we're doing well. How are you, Austin? Oh, I'm I'm living life. Uh, you ready to talk some Oregon baseball? Jared's never been. Oh, alive. buddy, am I? Yeah, I'm, that's why I'm here. That is exactly why you're here. Um. Let's just get right into it. You were at media availability yesterday. Uh, I was not. Um, big changes this offseason for Oregon baseball. I think specifically in, in terms of outgoing players on the offensive side. Just straight up, how does Oregon replace all the talent offensively that they lost last year? You know, that's that's a great question, Austin. Uh, I just want to say I appreciate you guys having me on again. It's been a, it's been a while since I've been on with you guys at KWVA, but um, just to to go on and answer the question, uh, I wrote about that today. Wrote a couple words about it. Um, a there's thousand, a lot actually. to replace. <laughs> a thousand, yeah, a little bit more, but you know, nobody's counting, including myself. Um, but there's a lot to replace, just like you mentioned. Um, you know, I did the math, and Oregon basically has to replace. Uh, like 70% of their offensive output last year. And it's certainly going to be a tall task, but there's definitely some names um, that can certainly have the talent to replace some of the guys that they lost to the draft or either out of eligibility. And just a couple of those guys like Jacob Walsh, Drew Smith, Carter Garotti, uh, their outfield of, you know, Jeffrey Hurd, Justin Casella, Mason Neville, I think his name is Neville, uh, I, I yet to learn how to pronounce it yet. I'll have to talk to him soon enough. But you know, those are some of the names just to look for. Um, but it's certainly going to be a tall task. You know, Oregon has, for the last couple of seasons has been one of the best offensive teams in the Pac-12. Uh, some years in the entire country. Uh, in 2022, they were definitely one of the best teams in the country. 2023 was somewhat of an up and down season. But when they were hot, they were one of the best teams absolutely in the country uh, in terms of an offensive perspective. But there's going to be some names that, you know, Oregon fans are really used to hearing, like Tanner Smith, who's just not there, Drew Callie not there, Gavin Grant not there. Well, Gavin Grant is an assistant coach but not playing. Um, it's just going to be a lot. But I think guys like Walsh, like Drew Smith, who have, you know, real natural God-given abilities to hit a baseball are going to be, you know, forced to step up. And I think that they will step up. I think they're really talented individuals who <clears> – <throat> Uh, certainly know the game of baseball well and can do really uh, excellent things at the dish, hit the ball the other way, turn on some balls for home runs. But it's going to take a lot of guys. Um, it's going to be a fun season to watch, though. 
Yeah, that's what they said about me in high school. Just natural God-given ability. <laughs> that's to God-given ability. Yeah. Right there. Those right. are the analytics. Yeah. Been wanting to use in his article. Exactly. Um, did yeah, you know the, John's the, here, by the, the way? GGAs. Excuse me. Did you know John's here? I did not. John, how are we doing? I'm good. How are you doing, Jared? I no complaints, man. Uh, <laughs> watching the Celtics win right now. There you go. There mm. you go. Um, on the pitching end, additions, re-additions, whatever you want to call them, Isaac Aon, R.J. Gordon. Guys who were really mm-hmm. vital to to a very solid, not great, but but solid pitching staff in in 2022. Guys that are coming back, and it seems in your article, like you mentioned, kind of better than ever. Uh, how important are their additions, and and what can we expect from them this year? I, I think their additions are ginormous. Um, I don't I don't really know if there's a word to describe the additions for RJ and Isaac, um, specifically on Isaac. You know, in his sophomore season because he missed his entire year as a junior last year in his sophomore year he quickly became the friday night guy because of adam meyer's elbow injury and while he was lights out at home he really struggled on the road which you kind of give that to being a young pitcher but you know he's had a full year now off he had a ucl tear uh, his ulnar collateral ligament in his right elbow um, got the internal brace procedure in november so he should be 100 percent come season he said that he was 100 percent right now and he's huge because not only can he eat innings, which is a big problem last year for Oregon's team. They had to rely on a lot of true freshmen, but he's also really talented. Um, he's gone away with his cutter. I asked him at the, at the media availability, which I think is a good thing. Uh, so he's going to be sinker slider change up, which is a really good three pitch mix. And, you know, that sinker can run up into the high nineties, you know, before he was injured last year, I heard that he was throwing about like 96, 98 with his sinker. Um, obviously that's going to be like what he tops out as. I don't expect him to sit at 96, 98 during a game, but you know, if he could sit 93 to 95, I think that's going to do a lot of good things, but, and, and, you know, adding in RJ Gordon, again, another guy who's experienced, who has had a couple really good games in his career, um, just being there, eating innings, providing an opportunity for guys to get some rest. Um, you know, last year, especially towards the end of the season, Oregon's pitching staff was like nine dudes, eight dudes. Like they just relied on the same couple of guys because that's frankly all they had to at their availability. Um, and now they're going to have a lot of guys. They're going to have transfers who are coming in. Um, some names, uh, Cedar, a guy from Quinnipiac who transferred, who was uh, really good in the, in the, I can't remember what athletic conference Quinnipiac is in. I should because it's a Connecticut team. but I believe they're the American can't. Athletic Conference, the AAC. I could be making that. They are the, that's, that's the one that's like was the Big East and then is now like whatever. They are, no, just kidding. They are in the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. Yeah. Sorry to Sorry to cut you off. I felt like it had to be. No, you're quite all right. Yeah, the Metro. Um, (laughs) The Mac. Not to be confused with the Mac. The Mac. Mac. (laughs) Right, right, right. Not to be confused with me. Right. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let us be clear. Um, He finished last season on a heater. I really like him as a a guy who, frankly, coming into the season is going to be rather unknown. You know, he was just a transfer from Quinnipiac, and Quinnipiac's a small school. But I think his stuff is going to translate to Oregon. You know, worst case, if he's their Sunday starter, that's a hell of a lot better than what they had last season. That was a ro- rotating door of guys like Jackson Pace, Matthew Grabman, Turner Spiljarek, uh, Logan Mercado, if he had pitched earlier in the week, would go on Sunday sometimes. Like, their pitching depth, I think, at least on paper right now, is a real strength. 
which I don't know what the last time we could say that about an Oregon team was. Probably like 2018, 2019, uh, back in the final years of George Horton. So um, I, I think that's a huge upgrade. And like I said earlier, it's going to take a village to you know, get, get that offensive production back. But the fact that they have pitching and if they have a couple guys, you know, perform above and beyond expectations on offense, it's going to put them right back in the same situation where they're, you know, competing for a potential super regional. They're competing for a Pac-12 championship. Um, I think they're underrated going into the year. There's a ton of question marks, and they're not in any of the top 25 preseason polls. And it makes sense, at least to me. But I think halfway through the season, I think people are going to realize that this is a talented team. Jared, Jacob Walsh has kind of been that guy who's been talked about a lot as as a breakout candidate for this team and someone who can who can kind of make up for what they're losing in the offensive end. In his freshman year, he was he was really solid getting on base a lot, but he also it was a, came with a 390 BABIP, which obviously regressed last year way down. And so do you think he's – and also last year, is he, it was the strikeout rate going up, the walk rate going down. Do you think he's going to be able to kind of get that stuff in control and be able to kind of – have the the contact and the on base with the power that he showed last year to be able to make up for that uh what they're losing on the offensive end i, I mean you sure hope he does um I, I think he will i think he he talked about this in the fall i think was the last time we were able to speak to him so sometime in october i believe it was where he talked about trying to shorten his swing which at, at points certainly last year it could get a little long and you know, it's, it's a good thing when he gets a fastball and can turn on it. That long swing provides a lot of power, a lot of uh, like high exit velocities and, and really gets the ball going. But, uh, you know, pitchers in his sophomore season and his freshman season, they adapted. They said, oh, you're, you're going to hit the fastball. That's the best thing you're good at. Cool. We're just not going to throw you one. And that's, you know, that's what good pitchers do. That's what power five pitchers do, Pac-12 pitchers do. And he's going to have to adjust. But Going into his junior season, you know, head coach Mark Wazikowski was very complimentary of Walsh, saying that, you know, if he were to enter the transfer portal, you know, all the all the teams in the top five would go after him. And I truly believe that because if he puts things together, then he's going to be one of the best hitters on the team. He's going to be one of the best hitters in the Pac-12, frankly. Um, he's got great bat-to-ball skills when he's in a rhythm, um, when he's getting his pitch. And, you know, beyond that, he just needs to lay off of off speeds, you know, Pitchers would go curveballs in the dirt, change up to low and away, just how you would normally attack a left-handed hitter. And he would go fishing. And, you know, that's fine. That you know, sophomore season, he's still a young guy. He's one of the younger guys in his junior class. and But he has all the potential to be a true middle-of-the-order, like 3-4 cleanup guy uh, in this lineup. So uh, I certainly hope that he figures it out because it would make that offensive production that they lost last season – um, come back really easily this year and turn them into a real contender. But, uh, you, you know, we'll have to find out eventually. Jared, going back to pitching, uh, no Jake Angier this season, went over to New Mexico State. Uh, big loss for the Ducks <laughs> pitching staff. Uh, a lot of the pitchers were saying that he had a big effect on this team last year. But now they bring in Blake Hawksworth. I mean, I mean what do you love about him, and do you think he's going to have the same effect that uh, Angier had last season? Uh, I, I love Hawk. Um, I got to talk with him for – 30, 45 minutes of the fall. Um, I wrote a couple of things about it, but I'd be really hard to find at this point with all the football stuff. Um, but he's a really brilliant mind. Um, you know, he had a, a great MLB career. You know, he was one of the top prospects in the MLB during his time uh, before he came up with the Cardinals and ultimately the Dodgers. 
Um, he's been the pitching coach at uh, UCSB. He was a pitching coach at, uh, I think it was at GCU. Um, he's got a really interesting like background and experience. He worked for the Boris Corporation under Scott Boris for a while too as an agency. And you know what he brings to the staff and what his track record has shown is the ability to throw strikes and not walk people. And, you know, if you watched Oregon baseball last season, that was a problem. I know for Austin and when you were there at games, you saw that there were a bunch of walks and, you know, that was a, a huge couple. thing. Just free passes, a just a few. Yeah. Free passes, guys on base. That just ultimately leads to runs. And, that, you know, like the whole idea of like getting on base leads to runs. That was, you know, Oregon's kryptonite. And so a track record wise, Blake Hawksworth is a, does a great job of figuring out how to get his pitchers to throw strikes. And I think that could be a huge key for this year. Um, I, I really like talking to him. He brings a, an analytical mind as well to the game. Um, it's still, I still got to talk to all the pitchers and talk to Hawks as well and just kind of figure out, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. But, you know, having him as a guy who went through, you know, the college career, the MLB career, the agent career, uh, I think it's going to add a different perspective than Oregon pitchers might have had over the last season with Jake Angier, who was a great pitching coach in his own right, now is in New Mexico State. Um, I think that he'll do a great job at Oregon. And I think it was a good hire by Mark Wazikowski when, you know, he was kind of a kind of a guy who came out of nowhere in terms of the hiring. You know, there's a lot of guys that you can maybe go poach from a, a, a G5 school or some other lesser power five school, but, you know, Waz went a little outside of the box and, so far, all of Wazikowski's hires, like Jack Martyr and Angier, um, have been great. So there's little reason to think that this won't be a good hire as well. Last year, the rotate like a lot of uh, there was this big group of freshman pitchers that ended up throwing a lot of innings for this team. Who do you feel like out of that group is going to really emerge this year and kind of break out and find solidified roles? Yeah, there's a there's a there's a bunch of options to be honest with you. Um, you know, Turner Spool Jarek really came on at the end of the year. Uh, he provided some really good innings in the regional and the super regional and the Pac-12 tournament. Um, he's got a lot of good stuff. He needs to work on his frame. He's got to add some good weight. Uh, I haven't been able to really see him throw. I didn't really see him throw in the fall. I haven't been able to see him go out this uh, this winter, I guess, or spring, whatever you want to call it right now. Um, but that'll start to change. Practices are open tomorrow, so we'll be out there uh, for 24-7 sports. And he's a guy that to know, Grayson Grinsel was really good last season. I think that he's a guy who I'm not sure what they're going to do with him, either put him in the rotation as an opener or keep him in the bullpen where he's a lefty and he could throw low 90s and fastballs and have a good slider with it. Um, but to, to be honest, I really like Matthew Grabman. Yeah. Um, you know, he struggled. Yeah, there we go. He, he struggled at points last season, but his stuff is probably the best of those true freshmen who saw a lot of run last year. And I really love his fastball. It's got a great two-seam kind of arm side movement. You know, he throws it mid-90s, 90 to 94. Um, and when he's on, what that two-seam arm side movement is able to do is just not allow opposing hitters to hit the barrel. And he induces a lot of weak contact, a lot of ground balls, and when he was at his best, that's exactly what was happening. He would go four or five innings, and it would be you know, a couple hits, but nothing was really hit hard. And I think that's a major key when you're a pitcher is just trying to eliminate hard contact. You know, No barrels for the opposing team, ground balls, weak fly balls. They're getting under it. They're getting on top of it because they can't – they either don't see the movement or they can't adjust to the movement. So I like him. He's got a good frame too. 
Um, we'll see what it all comes out. But, uh, you know, my sleeper pick, I guess I could say, is Matthew Grabman. Jared, thanks again for coming on the show tonight. If we want to find more of your work and probably the two best interns you've ever had, where can we do that? <laughs> you can find me uh, on Twitter at Jared underscore Mac seven. Uh, I guess it's X now, right? Yeah. You can find me on X at Jared underscore Mac seven. Uh, you can find me on Blue Sky. Get this. Got a good little Blue Sky account, Jared.Mac. Uh, pretty easy to remember if you have a Blue Sky account. Uh, but you can find me, Austin Oda, and John Evans all on DuckTerritory.com for 24-7 sports. Um, you know, please subscribe. Uh, get these interns some page views. Thanks, Jared. Uh, we'll see you next yeah, time. It. Anytime. All right, that was Jared Mack from Duck Territory. We're going to step aside. When we come back, we're going to play some Jeopardy on the other side of this break on 88.1. KWVA. 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 There are nearly 20 million refugees worldwide fleeing terror, war, violence, and political and religious persecution. Refugees admitted to permanently resettle in the U.S. have been passed through multiple levels of rigorous screening and security clearance. They want what we all want, peace, security, and freedom from fear. Refugees are survivors, families, and no different from us. It's time we welcome refugee families with open arms. Learn more at EmbraceRefugees.org. The Skate Park Project, formerly the Tony Hawk Foundation, is a skateboarding organization that helps communities build public skate parks for youth in underserved communities. To date, nearly 600 recipients of the Skate Park Project grants have opened their skate parks. These parks receive more than 6 million annual visits by youth who benefit from the active lifestyle and camaraderie the facilities promote. Learn more about the Skate Park Project by visiting www.skatepark.org. UNICEF works across 190 countries and territories to reach the children and young people who are most at risk and most in need. As conflict escalates in Ukraine, UNICEF is on the ground providing safe water, emergency supplies, and social services to children and their families. Learn more at unicef.org forward slash Ukraine forward slash EN. This is Neil Everett from SportsCenter. When I'm in Eugene, I listen to Quack Smack. And you better, too. KWVA Eugene, 88.1 FM. Go Ducks! Quack! Real vibey, as, uh, as the goat Levi Barkfield would say. We're going to play some Jeopardy. Um, so, obviously, we have a Jeopardy board here. I, I realize this is radio, so this isn't, like the greatest way to do it but i have uh five topics we're gonna choose one of the topics and uh just say them to me so i can write them down so i can yeah can you do this as well yeah uh number one is ducks versus dogs as in oregon versus washington number two is career days which is just some uh some like what are some fun like single game performances that oregon players have had number three is KWVA Goats, which is some KWVA legends. <laughs> Number four is that We Miss You, which is players that transferred out. 
And number five is Who Said It, which is a compilation of some of the best KWVA random chat lines. Great. Perfect. Ready? Who wants to start? What are, what are like the values? What am I? Is it 100, 200, 300, 400, 500? Okay. Who wants? John, Saul, you can start. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do. Uh, How are going to like buzz in? I'll do uh, KWA goats for 100. I'll start out easy. Say your name. Uh, wait for me to finish the question. Okay. Say your name. Wait, do we? How are we doing this? Are we we got to say our name. Once like, I finish the question. Okay, yeah. all right. KWA goats for 100. These two KWA directors d- debuted together on ESPN Plus for the 2022 NCAA Volleyball Regional. Saul. Ryan Milano and Nat Yuretsky. Answer is Ryan Milano and Nat Yuretsky. 100 points for Saul. All right. Um, next. So it's still it's still Saul. Still Saul. Yeah. Uh, let me do who said it for two hundred. Who said it for two hundred? Quote: Kid has been coughing all game. Austin, clear your throat up. Saul. Go. Ryan Milano. Correct. I was. During, I just. I kind of took a shot in the dark with that, that one, was but you the know, Pac-12 what? championship game. <laughs> but that would. So, that sounds like something Ryan would yeah, say. Yeah, he was on a call with you. Uh, cool. So we'll again. Uh, what was the we miss you again? Oh, players. Some players that have transferred out. <sighs> we miss you for a hundred. Let me see if I can at least get. This former Oregon center is now second in total blocks in the Big Twelve even though she's been injured since the start of January. John. John. Uh, Sedona Prince. Answer is Sedona Prince. That would have taken me a second to get. <laughs> yeah, John. They're like, they're like at begging for players. Yeah. yeah. They literally they're they're bringing on players from the uh, yeah. from other teams. Uh, Johnny. Uh, let's go career days for 200. This former Oregon car- this former Oregon guard who could also be used in the we miss you category had a career high seven three pointers twice in three games as Oregon pushed towards a potential NCAA tournament appearance last season. Uh, John, uh, and Dia Rogers, that is incorrect. Uh, Saul Tahina Papa, that is correct. Uh, score after four. Chance. Yeah, yeah. Score after four is Saul five hundred. John negative one hundred. <sighs> Saul, back to you. Uh, I'll do KWA goats for two hundred. This former KWVA director is currently the voice of Oregon women's basketball for OSN and famously traveled from Portland to Eugene during the ice storm for broadcast. Hint: He has a uh, an ID. Chris Clayton. Oh, so Saul. Chris yeah, Clayton. Yeah, really yeah. Answer is Chris Clayton. Shout out. I'm glad that uh, he gets tagged in every post. Otherwise, yeah. I probably wouldn't have done that. He's a homie. Yeah, I'm not yeah. as well-versed in KWVA. Yeah, I figured lore. you might struggle a little with the, the KWVA goats. Uh, Saul, back to you. Uh, we'll do, um, what did I do for the who said it? Do we still have 100 or 200? What's the? Uh, 200 is gone. You have everything other than 200. Let me do who said it for 100. <laughs> 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 can I can I can I uh, buzz in based on Austin's laugh? <laughs> Dog, I don't care. Bama's sitting on top, and y'all sitting on the couch for John. real. Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, was, I knew it was gonna be that. Like that. <laughs> the way you just started laughing too, and John just automatically knew that. <laughs> John, back to you. Uh, I'll get ducks versus dogs for a hundred. This Oregon legend hit a three-pointer with .3 seconds left in overtime to complete Oregon's 16-point comeback over the Huskies in 2020. John. 
John. Uh, Peyton Pritchard. It is Peyton Pritchard. Shout out to Peyton Pritchard. I mentioned him yesterday on the show when Oregon won like 26 games in a row between 2019 and 2020. Unbelie- good player. Unbelievable team. Good. Unbelievable Cal team. had a player on their women's team who looked like Peyton Pritchard. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, actually. I know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, John, to you. Uh, I'll do Ducks versus Dogs for 200. I'll stick with it. In a six-point win against the Dogs in 2015, this Oregon defensive lineman and future NFL star had a sack and a half and even broke up two passes. Uh, John. John. Uh, who is Eric Armstead? Correct answer is not Eric Armstead. Mm. I, it's, well, I know the other one then. It's, it goes to Saul, and can I guess it again? or is it just You Saul? said 2015? Yeah, it's only Saul. You cannot guess again. Dang. Sorry, buddy. Kayvon uh, Thibodeau? <laughs> Oh, it's DeForest brutal Walker. answer. It is DeForest. Okay, I like didn't. I had a yeah. 50-50. I, those guys were on the yeah. same team, and they both like good NFL players. So. so I believe this means it goes back to you, John, correct? Uh, Sure. Great. Okay, we'll go career days for 100. Not necessarily a strikeout pitcher, this Oregon softball stud tossed 12 strikeouts in six innings as a freshman against Portland State. When? Yeah. Uh, 2022, sorry. Oh, okay. oh uh, uh, Saul. Saul. Stevie Hansen? Yeah, that's my bad. Sorry, guys. Uh, so, we'll back to you. Uh, we'll do KWA Goats for 300. Former director Sean McPherson broadcast this three-sport player at South Eugene High School, most famously as a dual-threat quarterback. Uh, John. John. Uh, wait. Sorry. Can you read the question again? I wasn't quite... Wait, yeah, I was I wondering, too. Like <laughs> this, is, this is a player that is relevant. Okay. He's a duck in some aspect. He might be As part of the station. South he might Eugene. be an athlete. Former director Sean McPherson broadcast this three-sport player at South Eugene High School, most famously as a dual-threat quarterback. Uh, I don't know. Sorry. I th- I thought it was I was ready for it, but I can't remember where Justin Herbert went to high school. He's not and Justin not Herbert, South but that was not your answer. And it's, it's not, not, it's not Bryce Betcher. Wait, is it Bryce Betcher? Yes. Bryce Betcher. Who's, who's going to take the official guess? Can we, get, can we both just be wrong for this because we don't know? <laughs> Yeah, I won't give it to either of you. It is Bryce Betcher. Oh my! Are you kidding me? I was just about to say. I was like, that was my other guess. Oh my god! It is Bryce Betcher. I'm sorry, folks. Um, all right. Uh, Eugene too. I knew it had to be John. Yeah. Is it me again? Yeah. Uh, we'll go KWVA goats for four. Trying to get rid of them. Yeah. This KWVA OG is best known for his broadcast of the World Cup on Fox. What's a whole? Who is John first? John. I know his name's John. Uh huh. Um, he's bald, uh-huh. good-looking dude, good beard. Yeah, very good beard. Um, just got. It. I've talked to him multiple times. I can't remember his last mm. name. Five. John. Mm, mm, John. Mm, Four. Mm, right. Three. I'll just stop and take it. I can't remember his last name. So can I take it? Yeah. John Strong. Uh, yeah. John I was like, wor- I was worried. I was looking at you. I'm like, please do not get this. Like, you were halfway there, and I'm yeah. like, there's like some chance that I can get this. So, well, this one goes to you. What do we have left? I feel like the, uh, the- everything. We have ducks versus dogs from three to five. Career days from three to five. Five for KWVA goats. Everything except 100 for we miss you, and three to five for who said it. Uh. Can we just get rid of the KWVA? Yeah, let's just go KWVA goats for 500. This former KWVA director was on the fast track to broadcasting at MLB, but retired to become a firefighter. He has an ID. Multiple. Uh, I'm just going to take a shot in the dark. Uh, I, this is a, I don't even know right now. Is it 
Adam Sussman? <laughs> it's not Adam Sussman. John, do you want to take a guess or no just idea. give it? Okay. It was Ryan Roulard. Really? I don't know if I've ever even heard that name. This like is Godwin's Ryan Roulard for KWA. Yeah. Um, all right. Wow, he oh okay. I never so this stays with you, I believe. Uh let's do who said it for three hundred. Kinda wild that Alabama men's basketball is in Toronto, but Shohei isn't. Uh, uh John. John. Yeah. Uh Austin? That is incorrect. Uh Saul? Uh Griffin Bowes? That is incorrect. Uh, I tried to I, throw you off by saying Yeah, I was gonna say the Alabama threw me off and correct but, answer is about Toronto, Knight Yuretsky. Ah. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, I was almost gonna say Levi Prophet too, because I know he was, he was chatting it up when that was happening. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Um, who whose turn is it? So we'll, I think so. Yeah. Uh, we'll do who, who we have. We hit the we miss you. Uh, we've hit one hundred, but haven't hit anything else. Let's do two hundred. See if I can get two hundred. This former Oregon forward and two-time transfer actually set his career high in three-point percentage last season, but now is draining buckets in Oregon's future conference. Is it Will Richardson? You, you didn't say your name. So Will, Will Richardson. That no. is incorrect. Okay. John, you have a guess? Uh, I really didn't think this was too hard. I don't have Sorry, guys. The answer was Quincy Garrier. Oh. Oh, I forgot about him. I forgot, I didn't, too. I thought he just graduated. Honestly, I didn't even know he was he transferred. What team is he on now? Illinois. Uh, Saul? How would I not know that? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll do... Who said it for 400? Or Do we already do that one? No. Okay, 400. Quote, Shellstad looks bad. <laughs> what did the script quote? Uh... Dude, anyone in the station could have said that. Um, um, I've John. dropped this one in the chat a couple times. It wasn't me for that, for the record, John. Uh, I'll, I'll, Saul. Yeah, I was gonna say I'll go in a shot in the no, dark. I was guessing Saul. Incorrect. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I would have known my if I said my yeah, own quote. <laughs> can, I, that's totally a reasonable thing for you to forget that you said. I mean, I, it's, you're not wrong. I, that's something I probably would have forgot. What number is this again? Uh, four hundred. Four hundred. Okay, I'm it, since it's 400, I'm assuming it's someone who doesn't respond to the chat that well. So I'm going to say uh Gavin Carpenter. Incorrect. <sighs> right now score is negative 1200 to negative 400. Nice. <laughs> we don't get the con- it's the like I know you're supposed to like not guess if you don't know, but that's lame. That's yeah, no, you're yeah. right. Um let's uh Saul, back to you. Wait, what was the 400? Uh oh, the answer was Levi Birdfold. Sorry. Okay, yeah. That. Oh, that was my other guess. That, that's where I thought you were going when you said they weren't like good in chat. I thought you were gonna make like an old joke. I did Levi. too. Yeah. Uh, all right. Who said it for five hundred? <laughs> I would favor the Thurston Colts over Oregon personally. Uh, John, uh, this is Austin. That is incorrect. What? It is. Yeah. It isn't. I'm trying to think. Austin, number one Thurston Colts supporter. Austin Oda didn't say this. Wait, hold on. Saul. Okay. Charlie Martindale. That is correct. Yes! Oh, my God. I knew he was – because I knew he, he he broadcasted with you, so I'm like, okay, who's the other, like, guy who would say that? All right. Uh, <laughs> so, we'll back to you. We have five minutes, so let's try to uh, – up. Let's do – we hit KWA Goats. Let's do We Miss You for 300 or whatever. The... Anything but a starving artist, this former Oregon baseball player and friend of the station now plays just outside of Saul's hometown. Wait, I don't know. Really? I'm trying to like think. Like, uh, uh, 
was a bad miss from both of you, I think. Not really. I mean, if he's I think from, when I say if it, he's from near my hometown, then some, yeah. He's not from near your hometown, but he he plays at Northwestern now. Oh, oh, so so Telegannis. Yeah. Yeah. Oh he my God. Yeah. Okay. I don't you don't remember Tyler Gannis? Shall- Tyler he's, Gannis he was guy? one of the nicest guys I've he's, ever met. Yeah. Like he like he never he's did awesome. press conferences, but like every time we were filming after the games, he would always come up and chat with us. He's so nice. Baseball in like May of last year. Oh. So. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> All right, back to you, Saul. Uh, we miss you for 400 or 500, whatever. <laughs> this goalkeeper led Oregon soccer to one of its best seasons in program history, only to transfer to Duke just last year. Yeah, I'm not getting this. You one. guys are really. I wasn't. I forget even, like, that. Yeah, I was like still <sighs> doing like trying to figure out how to be a freshman last year when yeah. soccer season was yeah. happening. Answer is Leah Freeman. If Lily was here, she would have. It's true. Yeah. Uh, so it stays with you. We miss you for the last one. Arguably the top running back in the 2024 draft, this former Duck played one season under Mario Cristobal. John. Um, he's at Florida State. Mm-hmm. Trey Benson. Yep. What a, what a guy this year, too. He had a really good season. He's a dude. Yeah. Um. Let's – oh, John, this one's yours. Uh, let's do Ducks dogs for three. This Oregon legend ran for 18 yards in the game-winning touchdown in overtime to defeat number seven Washington in 2018, 30 to 27. He is now in the NFL. Oregon legend. Yes, he was awesome at Oregon. Um, so, I, so I mean, I don't have an off the head. So I don't. I don't have one either. I wouldn't know. I, um, I didn't start following Oregon football until before I got here. Yeah, same. <laughs> this was peak Virginia Tech days for me. Um, <laughs> not peak program of. Virginia Tech, but no. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know either. C.J. Verdell. Really? I know who he is, but like, yeah. I didn't even know he went to Oregon. I'm not gonna lie. Wouldn't have thought of him. Um. Uh, can we do Ducks Dogs for four? Yeah. Since the pandemic, the Ducks have only beat Washington softball twice. This player, who has gone 0 for 4 just six times in her three-year career, went 0 for 4 in both of those games. Sowell. Oregon softball, good. Sowell, uh, Terry McGowan. That is incorrect. Damn. Uh, K.K. Humphreys. That is incorrect. Uh, Answer is Hannah Delgado. Mm. She went over four in both of those games. Yeah. That is unfortunate. Wow. This past season or just? Uh, I think one was 2021, one was this last. So he refreshed me. I wore my Oregon softball hoodie to work one day. Shout and, out. And my boss was talking trash about Oregon softball, so I'll blame her for that. Yeah, that's fair. Not playing well against yeah. All right, two minutes. John, you want to take the last Ducks few dogs? Yes. This current MLB player was credited for Oregon baseball's first win over the Huskies in March 21st, March 21st 2009. Who is Tyler Anderson? That is incorrect. Oh. So... Who is Dave Peterson? Incorrect. It's Scott McGuff. Mm. Who, like, is good. I've I think he had, like, an okay year in Arizona. All right, we have three career days. Uh, John, I don't know if you can make a, a full comeback unless Sewell yeah. messes it up. Well, let's let's get with the next one, then. Career days for three. This former Oregon starting pitcher nabbed nine strikeouts twice, once against UCLA in just four innings, the other to stifle a potent, potent Oregon State offense last year. Wait, sorry, can you read the question again? This former Oregon baseball starting pitcher nabbed nine strikeouts in a game twice. Once against UCLA in just four innings, the other in seven against an Oregon State offense. Oh, Saul. Saul. Chase Stoffel. That is correct. Oh. 
All right, two more. Think, I was like, I don't know what year. So career days for 400. This Oregon basketball player had the only triple double in his five year career to help Oregon defeat Nevada in 2022. Don't know. Wait, um, is that so? Is that last year 2022? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. La- okay. In his okay, Nevali Dante. That is incorrect. What? Will Richardson. Oh, oh. I hate Will Richardson. I try not to. <laughs> <laughs> Last one. This current NFL defensive lineman also technically holds the Oregon basketball record uh, for field goal percentage. We gotta go. Uh, that's gonna do it for us tonight. To finish this question, his only two his two point bucket in Pullman remains the only shot of his career. Current NFL player, all time Oregon basketball field goal percentage record holder. Does either of you know it? Current NFL player? No, uh-huh. I don't. I don't know. Like an NFL hint. Uh, he is a defensive lineman. For a team that is still in the playoffs. Uh, is it Eric Armstead? It is Eric Armstead. Good job. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight. Big thanks for listening. We had Jared Mack on. We're going to step aside, hand it over to, I believe, News for the 7 o'clock hour here on 88.1. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Quacks Mac on KWVA. If you miss any portion of the show or just want to listen again, you can find the full show recordings online at kwvaradio.org. Plus, we're on Twitter at KWVA Sports. Join us again for our next episode tomorrow at 6 p.m. right here on KWVA Eugene 88.1 FM.